John Rudin and Ollie Crick care about the contribution of the Italian commedia tradition to the development of Western theater. They've actually created a handbook for beginners and professionals of our day to create commedia-inspired works and companies for the 21st century. They spend a good deal of time laying out the history of commedia, and once grounded in that history, they move on to a practical section of how-tos, but always with the aim, as they say, of creating a lively and dynamic form of theater that is new and fresh. What's fascinating is that Larry Lipkis has been creating a lively and dynamic form of music rooted in the tradition of commedia. Since 1984, he has been a member of this ensemble, the esteemed early music ensemble, the Baltimore Consort. As a result, he is well aware of and probably has performed this piece by Josquin, Scaramella Goes to War. Scaramella, or Scaramouche, goes to war with his lance and his shield. Dr. Lipkis knows the character Scaramouche from Josquin's day, but he is an active composer of contemporary music who is Starner Professor of Music and composer-in-residence at Moravian University in Bethlehem. He is more than capable of interpreting Scaramouche in the character's earliest guises from the 15th and 16th centuries. But Dr. Lipkis has brought Scaramouche to life for our time in this concerto for orchestra titled Scaramouche. Scaramouche, performed here by the Lehigh Valley Chamber Orchestra under the direction of Donald Spieth, with soloist Carter Bray, the cellist. Dr. Lipkis has continued to bring Comedia characters to life with Harlequin, a concerto for bass, trombone, and orchestra, and a concerto for bassoon and orchestra titled Pierrot. We're invited to meet the next character in his musical troupe, Columbina, or Columbine, this Sunday, November 12th at 7 in the evening at Moravian University in Foy Concert Hall. The new piece is written in memory of the late Donald Spieth and as a salute to Michael Montero, concertmaster of the Moravian University Orchestra. We had a chance to speak by phone with Larry Lipkis about his concerto and Sunday's concert. I'd like to ask you what enchants you about Comedia, and do you remember when you first got excited about Comedia? Oh, Arte? boy, that, that's a great question. I guess because there's a little bit of a clown in me, <laughs> and the Comedia characters were all basically clowns. They were comics. It's an improvised street theater that goes way back to Italy in the Renaissance. Towns like Bergamo had these troops of uh, characters who were stock figures like Pierrot, Harlequin, Columbine, the Doctor, Scaramouche, and they all had personalities, and they would work off of a very basic script and, and improvise various scenarios. 
And uh, composers have been fascinated by them ever since. Of course, Schoenberg wrote Pierrot Lunaire, which was a kind of dark vision of a, kind of a pathological look at the Commedia troupe. But then you have work by Stravinsky, Petrushka, which is essentially the same character, kind of a, a Russianized version. You have Strauss writing uh, Ariadne of Naxos, which includes a Commedia troupe. So composers have just been tickled by these characters and wanting to put them in uh, musical compositions for a long time. And I guess my interest goes way back because they are from the Renaissance and I'm, I perform music from the Renaissance with the Baltimore Consort. I'm familiar with them from that context. There's a really fun piece by Jessica Dupre called Scaramella, which would be another version of Scaramouche. And they pop up periodically in, in early music, Renaissance and Baroque. So I kind of lived in that world as both a performer and a composer. The Scaramouche, the cello concerto, was my first foray into writing a concerto based on the characters of Commedia dell'arte. Then I wrote Harlequin, uh, which was performed by the Los Angeles Philharmonic. And then I did Pierrot, which was done by the Houston Symphony. And for a while I thought that was it, but now I got the bug again. So I decided to turn to one of the uh, women who is a very popular character, Columbine or Columbina, sometimes known as Pierrette. And she's a very whimsical sort. She's um, sprightly, sometimes the mistress of Harlequin, but she also has a mind of her own, usually a good dancer. So in between scenes, she might be called upon to do a little dance with the audience. She's kind of flighty, but fun. And according to some writers, the smartest person on the stage among the comedy characters. You got the bug again, but what was the impetus for actually sitting down to write? Well, first of all, I've had a long association with Don Spieth. I should just start with that because Maestro Spieth came to Moravia in 1967. I came in 1975, so he was already well ensconced. He founded the uh, then Moravian College Orchestra, and he uh, left in 1984 to start the Lehigh Valley Chamber Orchestra. Many music lovers in the area know him mostly through his association. That was over 20 years he directed that orchestra. When they went defunct, I think it was 2007, he returned to Moravian and conducted the orchestra just until his passing in September. So I think he was probably 81, 82 at that point, and thinking that he might not be wanting to conduct much longer, I decided to write a piece that would sort of honor him and also the concertmaster of the Moravian University Orchestra, Mike, Michael Montero. And Michael has been the concertmaster for, I think, 10 or 12 years. A wonderful player, wonderful leader. Don used to say he would go above and beyond the role of a concertmaster. Uh, he also helped to recruit some wonderful young violinists into the Moravian University music department. So to kind of thank him for that and for his leadership role, I decided to write a little mini violin concerto. It's just about six, six and a half minutes long. It might at some point form part of a larger work, but right now it kind of just stands alone as a tribute to Michael and the late uh, Don Spieth. And I decided to return to the Commedia stage, and I thought, well, I've never really worked with one of the female characters, so I thought Columbine would be a nice one. I actually didn't hit upon the name until I was a little bit into the piece, and I thought, you know, this really could work as another of my comedia pieces. I didn't start with that in mind, but very quickly I morphed into that. And it turns out Columbine, or Columbina, as the Italians would say, 
actually means little dove in Italian, and it is, of course, that character that I described, really. So there's really two meanings. So I, I tried to get both meanings into the piece, short as, as it is. So there's a lot of, well, fast notes, flighty notes that kind of represent a, a dove in flight. And then I try to capture the kind of whimsical character of Colombina. Well, as I said, she danced. And so I put in a dance rhythm called the Siciliana, which is a rhythm that goes dun, da da dum, bum, bum, da da, sort of dotted figure in 6 8 time, which is a rhythm that Bach likes to use too, and some of the Baroque composers. Stravinsky has that rhythm in one of his movements, and Pulcinella, which is another of his commedia pieces. So it's a rhythm that I like, and so I use that quite a bit, interspersed with this kind of bird like uh, wingspan sort of bird in flight notes that I wrote for the violin. And what's the relationship, Larry, between Colombina and the orchestral players? Are they partners in crime? Is she soaring over them because she's the smartest on the stage? (laughs) Well, it's more, the violin part is clearly more important. It has some soloistic parts. But the orchestras, right, they're kind of providing color. There are a couple of places where there's a little back and forth between the violin and the orchestra, especially as we get towards the end, when she kind of seems like she's beating her wings against a cage and then sitting and then freeing herself. So there's a bit of drama at the end. And there's, there is quite a bit of um, sort of antiphonal writing, I guess you could say, between the orchestra and, and the soloist. I didn't think of it as, you know, typically like the violin part being in opposition to the orchestra. The, the orchestra's more in support, but they do have their moments of ping-ponging ideas back and forth to each other. Who makes up the Moravian University Orchestra then? You talked about the concertmasters being there for so long and Donald right. Spieth. Who's in the orchestra itself? Well, it's a mix of uh, students and community members. And it's really always been that way because we're a relatively small school here. And so we've always depended on community members, especially to fill out the string section. I think most of the winds and brass are current students or recent alums, with some exceptions. Percussion is current students. So largely the strengths, and they they were very loyal. They have been loyal to the orchestra and to Don Spieth for many, many years. And that's something I do want to say. He was a, a brilliant conductor, and also he inspired great loyalty because he treated everyone exactly the same. He He would treat the last chair, second violin, just as equally in, in the friendly manner, in the encouraging manner as he would with the principal cellist, for example. So he just made you want to be in the orchestra and, and perform for him. And he would always, whether they were students or amateurs, they would rise to the occasion and he would get some truly remarkable performances. And um, he also established relationships with some very well-known soloists who are in the international circuit, like David Kim, for example, Years ago, Lang Lang performed, uh, you know, people like Emmanuel Axe. David Kim is currently the concertmaster of the Philadelphia Orchestra, and he's been up here many times, and he told me just last year, we were talking about Don and the orchestra, he said, you know, I don't know why that guy doesn't have an international career. Now, that's saying quite a bit coming from David Kim, who's played with probably just about every well-known, established conductor, you know, in the world. He's putting Don in the same category as, you know, Esapekka Salina, Marin Alsop, Yannick, as a second one. So, so that's really high praise. And just talking to Don, you would never put him in that category because he just is so, he was so humble 
and so friendly. He, he was from Iowa, so he had that kind of Iowa charm or Iowa down homeness about him. He was very, you know, low keyed, but he could he commanded everyone's attention and everyone's respect when he was on the podium. But he didn't have any of the airs of you know the great conductor. He just was gone, and people loved working with him. Whether they were students, amateurs in the community, or professionals, you know, we were flooded with wonderful comments and memories from the local musicians who had worked with Don for years. And and it's really the same theme. This is just a extremely extraordinarily talented conductor who just had everyone's respect and admiration. He had, he had performed many of my pieces, and I really felt I could write anything for him, anything at all, and he would, he would do a great job. Complicated rhythms, tricky harmonies, he could, he could do it. I had no qualms about that. I would write for him the way I wrote for the L.A. Philharmonic and the Houston Symphony. I wasn't you know, writing down to anyone's ability because I knew Don Spieth could handle it and, and uh, create exactly the sound that I wanted. What a beautiful tribute, Larry. We will hear your music, Scaramouche, because we don't yet get to hear your current work, Columbina, until it's performed and recorded, I guess. But uh, right. after the interview, we'll hear you and Don and the Lehigh Valley Chamber Orchestra. How did you bring that to life then with him? You had Carter Bray as the cellist for the piece. Tell us something about it to prepare us to hear it. That was a, a really fun challenge. You know, Carter was and is a, just a extraordinarily talented cellist and uh, so when the the occasion came for the recording, you know, I felt he could do everything I, I asked him to do. The piece had several movements. The one that's probably the most memorable is the last one called A la Victoire, which means, you know, to victory. And I was kind of imagining Scaramouche, who's a, a whimsical character, sort of imagining him leading a sort of invisible army. He was a he was a kind of mock soldier. He fancied himself to be a soldier without having any of the actual credentials of being a soldier. He's a sort of a pompous jerk in a, in a way, but kind of a funny one. So he's at the very end, he's kind of leading people. And there's a little back and forth, the kind of call and response effect that we talked about earlier in that last movement, A La Victoire. So that, that's kind of a highlight. And there's some more introspective movements as well, because he's capable on rare occasions of some introspective thoughts, I suppose. But I just wanted to write a piece that would really feature the cello in all of its glory and Carter and most cellists who you know have played it enjoy the high range because I, I extended the range up quite a bit. The first movement is called pantomime, so it kind of sets the stage for Scaramouche in in the midst of the other characters. Then there the contemplative one is the second movement called soliloquy, which is more soloistic and the orchestra really takes a back seat there and it's more rhapsodic, I guess you could say. And then the last one, A la Victoire, is kind of raucous and call and response and ends with a you know, high note and a big thump from the orchestra. Now, for this concert, who will be conducting and where will the performance be? Well, I will be conducting. I don't usually conduct the orchestra, but actually when I gave the score to Don, Don was already in somewhat failing health. He, he had made this program up back in, I guess, the beginning of summer. And Don picked two of his very favorite pieces, I think, Bolero and the Romeo and Juliet Fantasy Overture. So those are kind of the bookends of the program, the beginning and the end. In the middle is a concerto. It's called Concertino for Trombone and Orchestra. Every fall, we feature a concerto winner, one of the students. This year, it's a senior 
wonderful trombone player named Mitchell Hort, and he's playing this concerto by, not that well known, by Ferdinand David, who was a friend of Felix Mendelssohn's and conducted the Gewandhaus Orchestra and played violin, and Mendelssohn knew him very well. He was a pretty talented guy. His music does sound quite a bit like Mendelssohn, so it's rich and romantic, and it's a very, very nice piece. That's the end of the first half. In between Bolero and the Concertino, there's a piece uh, my student Ryan Anderson wrote called Lament for a String Symphony. So Ryan has a Ukrainian heritage, and he has been profoundly affected, moved by the uh, conflict in Ukraine. So he's written three pieces now that have had Ukraine at the center. They're very uh, sort of slow, passionate, very emotional pieces. They have a kind of adagio for strings quality about them in some ways. And so two of them were performed on the Allentown Symphony Orchestra Chamber Music Series, new chamber music series. So very heartfelt. It's a really gorgeous piece, kind of a tearjerker. So there's that. And then to the concertino, there's my piece, Columbina, which is quite short, setting up the Romeo and Juliet Fantasy Overture by Tchaikovsky. So that's the program. And the basic facts are it is Sunday, November 12th at 7 p.m. at Moravian University's Foy Hall. That's on our Church Street campus. Well, you have given a wonderful tribute, loving tribute to Donald Spieth, and it's really touching that you'll be able to lead the performance, and he handed it over to you. And, of course, there's the dance of the bolero, and you'll also have the drama of the Tchaikovsky, Romeo, and Juliet, and we know how influenced Shakespeare was by comedia characters and so on. Right, absolutely. And, of course, and the dance, because Romeo met Juliet at a dance, after all, at the Capulet Ball, and I think Tchaikovsky knew that, so there's, you know, the main theme is a very dance-like tune, and dance, I think, underlines that whole score. Bolero is a wild Spanish dance, and then I'm in there (laughs) with my little Siciliano for Columbine, Columbina. And again, in these trying times, it's wonderful when someone who is so moved by the world situation and can bring something from deep inside for all of us because we don't know what to do. That's exactly right. Yeah, we we sometimes are paralyzed and we don't know what to do. And so music can help us. You know, music has a way of just, it can soothe us. Uh, It can make us feel human again. It can sort of reach the depths of our soul where we're just reading the news. It's It's just so horrifying. Day after day, we can take a break. And in my early music concert, we did a piece by... Jean-Philippe Rameau called Him to the Night, Him à la Nuit, which says basically that here comes night to sort of calm the distressed, soothe the wounded, help us recover. And I think night can do that. Music can also do that. Music has has a way of, of just making us feel human again. Mary Lipkis, Starner Professor of Music, and composer-in-residence at Moravian University in Bethlehem, speaking with us about a concert that will feature his new violin concerto, Columbina, and the work will be premiered this Sunday, November 12th, by the Moravian University Orchestra, concert time, 7 o'clock, also on the program, as we've heard, the Ferdinand David Concertino, a Romeo and Juliet fantasy overture by Tchaikovsky, Bolero by Ravel, the exquisite pieces by his student evoking the emotions of the situation in Ukraine, and 
uh, wonderful chance to experience something brand new, the Colombina Concerto, and something that we love, and that's the Romeo and Juliet Fantasy Overture and Bolero again. It's Sunday, November 12th in Foy Concert Hall at Moravian University, the Moravian University Orchestra conducted by Larry Lipkis, and the premiere piece, Columbina for Violin and Orchestra, is dedicated to the late Donald Spieth, the longtime conductor of the Moravian University Orchestra, and also a salute to concertmaster Michael Montero. For more information on the web, moravian.edu, moravian.edu, M-O-R-A-V-I-A-N dot E-D-U. And Dr. Lipkis has his own website, and that is LarryLipkis.com, L-I-P-K-I-S dot com.